the governor is not a doctor. What a week. Welcome to What a Week, where we break down the week's top news stories. Uh, my name is Matt Sinovic. I'm the executive director of Progress Iowa. And I'm Lauren McElmail, the digital director for Progress Iowa. This week, as you might have guessed, it's the it's, there are very similar themes um, and and stories that that um, uh, that we're talking about that we have the last few weeks. Um, the coronavirus and the COVID nineteen crisis is hitting the state of Iowa, just as it's as it's happening all over the country. Um, so we are going to talk about that today, and most of today's episode, um, unfortunately, is about the either inaction or overaction of, of our governor, Kim Reynolds. Um, so let's start there. What was, I mean, Lauren, what's, what do you, I mean, my, my top headline out of this week, including the, the, the governor's uh, pre- press conference that just wrapped up, this is Friday afternoon that we're recording this week, um, is that is that the governor still has not issued, still, 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 despite uh, uh, recommendations from a number of people that we'll get into, she still has not issued a shelter-in-place order. Yeah, we're one of, I think now just five states that have zero sort of um, protective orders out. Like, there are a couple of states that have um, more um, local orders like local stay-at-home orders but we're one of the very few states that are just completely there's there's no overarching shelter at home or shelter in place order um and i mean even florida did it so ron DeSantis did his shelter in place order which i think we all thought wasn't going to happen and i keep watching her press conferences thinking like oh maybe this will Maybe this will be this'll it. Be the day. Maybe she'll. This will be the day that it happens, and then she doesn't. And then she talks about metrics and data-driven things, and she trots out um, this doctor, um, and and then doesn't actually say anything. And I, I mean, I, I will give her credit that we are doing, we are doing a lot of things to stop the spread. But there's, wouldn't it just be better to do too much? It absolutely and instead of would. too little. And this is something that Dr. Fauci, uh, President Trump's top infectious disease expert, said, I think it was as, as long as two weeks ago, which in this world feels like an eternity. Um, he, I think he reiterated it today. About the overreaction. Or maybe yesterday. Mm, no, he, he said something about how he thought that every state should be under yes. a shelter at home order. Yeah. And, and a few weeks ago, he said that, that, if it feels like we're overreacting, that means we've done it right. And and so that's like where we need, where our policymakers should be. And he, yes, and he said that every state should be doing this. And then at today's press conference, the governor was asked about that. And she said, well, maybe Dr. Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease expert, doesn't have all the information. What do you even do with that, Lauren? I mean, I watched it and I had to sit back in my chair and think about it for a minute because what hubris to think that you know better than someone who has dedicated their life to fighting infectious diseases. And this is the problem. We're not listening to scientists and doctors. The Iowa Board of Medicine, um, and I, I should know this, uh, maybe we should know this, but I don't, how many people sh- that the governor has appointed to that board 
but the Iowa Board of Medicine today voted unanimously to um, to recommend a, a shelter-in-place order. So these are we are getting this advice from medical professionals and not listening to it. And I think that you know this hodgepodge of orders that the governor is has um, has done, and and there have been actions. So I don't want to minimize that because there have been actions taken, but it gets all lost in the shuffle when the headline could, when, when people see the headline of no shelter in place order, no stay at home order, especially when they're seeing that happening in other states and it's not happening here, she needs to be using her office to declare that so that people will listen. One of the things that, that gets me about this is she, she uses the reasoning that because we're Iowans, we'll follow rules and we'll We'll stay home and we'll practice social distancing. There was a there was a horse auction over like the past couple days that had people from all over the Midwest coming in to auction off. Yeah, four hundred and eighty-eight people. Four hundred. So many people. Eight people came into that event in our state. That is that is un. That's just unacceptable. At this point, and, and she's talking. Well, she's also called the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluations uh, data flawed, uh, despite the fact that a lot of states are using their data. Um, also, I would think that her love for metrics would probably outweigh any of thoughts about uh, any negative thoughts about that. But basically, that their modeling has basically said that our peak would be in May, at the beginning of May where we would have 49 Iowans dying every day. We didn't have any deaths today, but we are up to 11 Iowans who've died because of this. I just, I mean, I I don't know how much more information she can get and how much more pressure she can get um, without making, without doing something about this. And so um, we, we're going to continue to push on this, um, uh, there is a petition that Progress Iowa has started. More than 2,500 people have signed that. We continue to, de- I, we made another de- uh, delivery, quote unquote delivery by email today to the governor's office with those names, hometowns, and any comments uh, that people have for the governor. So they are receiving those. We'll continue to do that. Although apparently she's not getting mail at her office because she keeps, she kept saying in her press conference that she hadn't gotten letters from people that, like she hadn't gotten the letter from the Iowa Board of Medicine saying that they had unanimously voted on a shelter-in-place order, and she hadn't gotten a letter about um, incarcerated Iowans and what we're doing to make sure that they are not facing an outbreak. And apparently well, the mail is just just isn't getting to, yeah. To get apparently her mail is just not getting there. Um, well, we're doing ours via email, yeah. so they are getting them. So. Yeah, one of the other things that happened this week was uh, her metrics that they've been using as far as what it would take for them to issue a shelter in place are the Iowa City Press Citizen broke this story, but her metrics are basically a wait and see approach. Like, uh, Eli, I'm going to get this wrong, Perensevich, who is a professor of medicine at the University of Iowa commented and said that instead of tracking the spread of the disease to protect older Iowans, we're using them like a canary in the coal mine to determine how bad things are. 
with the tool that the governor is using, we have to wait for older people to die before implementing maximum protective measures. And we talked about this last week, but people are worth saving and we shouldn't be basically trading lives for this kind of wait and see. And yeah, it's not, it's mind boggling. Like I've never, I've never wanted to be governor before, but I feel like I would do a better job. I think I, I absolutely agree that you would. Um, but I, I, I think that any governor who would get the heck out of the way and listen to the doctors and scientists and, and it's, and you can't, would do a better job and you can't just you're exactly right like you can't we can't wait for this data to get so bad that it prompts action because we have to do something before the data gets bad that's the only way to stop it by the time the data is getting bad it's too late so we're already approaching that i fe- i fear that we're already approaching that point i don't think she gets to call herself pro life anymore now that her her office's metrics are basically like Wait till a bunch of old people die, and then we'll do stuff to save everybody else. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. I, I don't know that she'll heed that reasonable advice from you, but but I think that's right. I don't think Kim Reynolds and I would get along, so <laughs> I don't think she would take you my advice know. anyway. You never know. Uh, but yeah, speaking of her being quote unquote pro life, she. <laughs> had a massive overreaction, or I suppose like a political reaction to uh, the the COVID-19 crisis. She signed a proclamation that suspended all non-essential or elective surgeries and procedures until April 16th, which included, and she said this specifically, procedural abortions. Um, and both Texas and Ohio have done similar things to prohibit abortion access. Um, and they went to court about this and there was a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo that I didn't quite understand about like whether or not it counted because both sides took credit for winning. So, but from our friends at Planned Parenthood, it, it sounds like they are going to ensure access to abortion services for Iowans because it's important that we have that. You shouldn't be using a crisis to inject some sort of political Thank you. <laughs> red meat to go to your base that's like, oh, and in addition to doing all of this stuff during the pandemic, I also banned abortions. Yeah, and at the beginning of the governor's press conference today, and you've seen the GOP chair, Jeff Kaufman, tweeting about this. Our good buddy, Jeff. That, yes, saying that that this is a divisive time and... And that we need to stand together, and there's been a lot of partisanship from Democrats on this, which one is not true. There's been a lot of calls from Republicans and Democrats and healthcare professionals to holding the governor accountable. But, um, in, but, but on top of that, Governor Reynolds is the one using this crisis to pursue her political and very partisan goal on this on this front. So, so I don't want to hear anything from her or Jeff Kaufman about about the need to stand together when they're trying to jam this through um, using a pandemic to do it. Progress Iowa is starting a new has started a new uh, daily email um, to inform people about what's going on with the COVID-19 crisis. Um, we'll put the link in the uh, on the on, online for the show this week for the episode this week. Um, 
but it, it, it most of it is curated by by Lauren. Um, so thank you, Lauren, for doing that every day. Um, we get the most recent numbers from the state. We get good articles to read or informative articles to read. There's no good. There's not a lot of good news right now. But we do include <laughs> good news. We do include good and, and hopeful news. Um, there was a, an Iowa couple who planned literally a drive-through marriage earlier this week. Um, there have been students and teachers seeing each other by practicing social distancing in a parade in neighborhoods. Um, so we include things like that, and as well as information about people or, or about what people can, uh, 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 resources that people can access during this crisis. So whether that's unemployment or stuff for nonprofits and small businesses, that's really important too, because there, there are a lot of resources from the state and federal government um, that people can and should, should absolutely should use. And speaking of resources, we wanted to say thank you to a bunch of people who are doing a lot of good work, starting with State Auditor Rob Sand, who started a fund for unemployed Iowans to support local businesses affected by the pandemic. We'll put a link to um, how the process works in the show notes, but thank you to Rob Sand for using your platform to do good things, unlike some other people who are maybe not using their platforms to do good things. Um, CCE Kim Reynolds and also um, among those people that deserve so many thank yous are doctors, nurses, grocery store workers, delivery drivers, people who are janitors who are cleaning all of our stuff while we're not in the offices. Um, and I hope, and I saw a tweet that the other day that was like, we're, we've been talking We've been arguing about how the, how many of these people deserve a living wage, and I really hope that this something good comes out of this crisis that we see the value of the people that are doing all of this work and that they get paid fairly and fairly compensated for their labor. Yeah, it is very interesting that the the people who are deemed essential during this pandemic are the people who Republicans, mostly Republicans think don't shouldn't make $15 an hour or you know or more or a living wage like you said so we have to we have to keep fighting for uh workers uh during the you know during this and afterwards so uh but i also hope that tip will cause really a well shift. tip really well if you order takeout or yes. delivery or i saw someone tip their mailman i don't know if you're allowed to do that but like it probably doesn't hurt <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know either, but it's, it certainly is not a bad idea. So we, we should be thankful for everybody that's out there doing their job um, that ha- because, they, because they have to, because we rely on them to do it. Because um, we want the water to come out of the faucet and the lights to turn on and, um, and food to get delivered. So thank you. What a Week is produced by Progress Iowa as part of the Potluck Media Network and would not be possible without grassroots supporters like you. We are recorded, mixed, and edited by Greg Hauenstein. For more information, visit potluck.fm or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. See you next week on What a Week. What a Week.